You're terrible. Maybe we should warn people, Ashley Baxter. About what? About the fact that it's Saturday morning and we're both sitting here going, oh my God, it's Saturday. Yeah, we're zombies. I had to sleep on the couch again last night. Did you have a big fight with your wife? (laughs) Oh yeah, that's the reason. I'm just making the cough up. (laughs) (coughs) That, um, (coughs) it does always happen when you're like us. That's a a pathetic fake cough, by the way. Are you doing it to get out of work as well? No, because, you know, when you work for yourself, you can't have time off like that. You can't. You have to work on your deathbed, don't you? Yeah, working bank holidays, working your deathbed and all sorts. So, no, I know genuinely I woke up at three o'clock this morning with a big tickly cough that I couldn't shake and no amount of, oh, God, what's that stuff? Cavonia, the chesty tickly cough medicine. No amount of that could shift it. I drank, like, a pint of it. What about Calpol? Calpol's for kiddies' temperatures. Oh, but it tastes so good. Oh, it's sweet. Yum. So, in the end, I thought it's only fair that I go and cough my lungs up on the couch, which sounds really unpleasant. So you haven't had much sleep? Um, It wasn't the most comfortable of nights, no. So we are both sitting here kind of going, not because you were joining me on the couch, obviously. Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) But because, um, well... You got back from Cardiff last night. Yeah, and it's not a massive trek at all, but I think that the reason I was in Cardiff was because I was speaking, and I don't know if you'll agree with me, considering you're so um, experienced with it, but speaking really takes it out of me, and travelling really takes it out of me. So to have them both combined really takes it out of me. Sometimes if I've done a talk in an afternoon, because you're right, it does... It does take it out of you. There's there's a lot of kind of emotional energy, I suppose, that you use up. And quite often, you get to the end of the afternoon when everybody's finished and everybody's really keen to go to the pub or go and get some dinner or something like that. And all I ever want to do is to, like, go and have a sleep. But it doesn't end there. You still have to, you know, you have, which is nice. It's lovely. You have people coming up to you wanting to speak to you. And and that's quite, I find that quite difficult to deal with. I think because I'm shy, but it's all really draining. So I, I, I need to, I've got a lot of catching up and sleep to do. But fortunately this weekend, I have no weddings. I have no work. I'm just going to watch Japanese anime films and cuddle my dog. Are you going to watch things like Spirited Away? Yeah. Why not? That'd be good. The mainstream stuff. What else did I like? I liked Arietti. I haven't seen that. But I'm not I'm not a big not a big animated but not not Japanese animated stuff. It's not really my thing. Well let's not talk about movies. No, because people will complain. They'll yeah. write in. They'll write they'll they'll send postcards. Oh, did they do that? Postcards are nice. No, nobody ever does that. All right. But <laughs> you used to do that when you wanted some information from the BBC. You probably don't even remember this. When you had to, before the internet, where if you needed the fact sheet for a recipe or something on a, on a cookery program, it's like, send in a stamped address postcard. Actually, maybe I do vaguely remember that. I never did it though, did you? No, never. I think I might have done it for Blue Peter once. Oh, that's dead sweet. So wait, how far away are you from Cardiff? About five hours drive. Wow. I I could get to you faster than I can get to Cardiff. That doesn't compute in my brain. But that's because there's no direct road links, major road links between North and South Wales, which is a big bone of contention in Wales. You know, it's a lot of the money for business, you know, investment and infrastructure. And a lot of the emphasis politically goes on um, in South Wales, because obviously that's where the bulk of the population is. Mm -hmm. So it's safe to say that you don't really go to Cardiff often. No, I went there quite frequently, obviously, when I was dealing with uh, Five Simple Steps on the book. Oh, yeah. And we had a lovely time down there at Handheld last year. But generally speaking, no. And it's weird. It's not just people that don't seem to cross North and South Wales um, easily in terms of, you know, getting up and down. But business doesn't tend to uh, to cross either North or South either. Well, certainly not as far as we're concerned. Because we don't get any business from Wales. I mean, you know, we might get the, the odd bit of the odd bit uh, locally, but even that's 
very rare these days. Wow, so there's a big divide. Yeah, there is a big divide. And there are some very good, um, well-known uh, web companies in Cardiff in particular. Sequence is the one that springs to mind. But I think that they tend to, you know, they tend to be the ones that larger companies or maybe the local authorities or the Welsh government or whoever will go to. Um, and I do know for a fact that very, very little of that, uh, Welsh government investment anyway comes north of the, uh, you know, mid Wales. So, um, it's a bit sad. Yeah. And what's, um, I'm assuming that where you live as well is quite remote and you don't really get involved in, there's not much of a kind of techie scene surrounding you. Not really. We've tried to make one. By um, doing what? Well, we've started to have webby meetups, um, just social events, really. Over this, We started this back oh, it was about six months ago now. Actually, it's pretty more than that. And a few of us now get together in a pub on a Friday night once every sort of six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And it's actually been really nice. The, the, the group has grown just organically really there's not it's not a, an official thing you know it's basically friends invite friends and you know there's only nice people come we don't we don't let any any nasty people come what are you talking about there are no nasty people in the web yeah <laughs> 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 so, so so that's been quite nice and we just basically go to a pub on a friday night and we're going to expand it out a little bit but it's not like there's a a, a real scene up here i mean i always imagine that it's a lot of smaller people don't mean that in a derogatory way because you know we're only small um there's a lot of small people self-employed people one-man bands i hate that phrase though one-man band it's so sort of sounds so derogatory i think small is beautiful but i can't think of another word for it people just working on their own and one of the nice things that's come out of our get-togethers over the last you know nine months or however long it's been is that we've actually started to work with some of those other people. You know, we've started to give work to developers. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Um, keeping it local. Well, yeah, because. And is the standard, is the standard of quality good? I've got to be careful what I say, haven't I? Of course. I don't know why I asked that. No, (laughs) no. All the people that come to the social are terrible. We just humor them. No, I, I think it's all relative. We've got a particular you know, I've got a particular way that I like things done and not everybody can stick to doing it my way. Cause you know, yeah, I don't know that sounds like it's my way or the highway, but you know, I bet it is. <laughs> I do like things done in a particular way. Yeah. And, um, you know, not everybody can do that. So uh, the, the, and the people that we work with are very, very good. If you're listening, um, you know, they're great. If I was you, and I lived in Wales, I would be driving to Cardiff every single day just to hang out with Craig Lockwood. I love Craig. I know. You see, he's a good guy. He's just so great. Such a nice person and so, so hardworking and always doing something new. And he's obviously really um an integral part of the web scene in Cardiff, I think. He's doing a lot for it, isn't he? Well, that was the reason why you were there, because he was putting on an event which was a strange one, actually. I think it was in part put on by the Welsh government. Oh, it was completely, it was a, it was 100% a Welsh government event. And they just asked Craig if he could, you know, with his experience and, and doing handhelds and other things, if he could, um, source the speakers and organize it. Um, but it was, it was quite, it was a shame because I, th- I think on the morning of the, the conference, there was a major, um, traffic issue i think they closed one of the uh, one of the only main roads into cardiff or something Uh and there was this huge backlog of traffic to the point where the the first speaker turned up five minutes before he was meant to get on and so many people obviously out of frustration just turned back and went home because it was taking them so long to get there and when it's a free event you think oh well what's the point anyway i've not paid £150 for a ticket. So I would say such a shame that the the venue was only probably not even half full. And I think it was at the big Wales Millennium Centre again, wasn't it? Which is a massive, massive venue. Yeah, it was 240 tickets and they all got snapped up. All of them got snapped up. So, but, but yeah, the hall was, wasn't even half full, but fortunately the event was live streamed. So it still got to be seen by a lot more people, but I just felt so bad for Craig. I've never organized anything, but I'd imagine it's quite stressful. You put a lot of yourself into it. And then when things like that happen, it must be a major kick in the teeth. 
He's a fabulous impresario. Is that the right word? I don't know what that word means. I think it's to do with organising events. I'm going to say it is. Yeah, he's great at it. But I think he's I bet he's good at anything he turns his, his hand to. Um, because they've, they've, and, and his wife as well, Amy. Did, have you backed her book yet? We were talking about her book project on the show last week, which I know you haven't listened to yet. Uh, yeah, I need to catch up. Which I think is a re- really fabulous idea. So yeah, we want to do everything that we can to support the uh, adventures of Alex. So listen back and have a look at the, the show notes for that. It wasn't supposed to be a conventional web event. This was called Practical Takeaways, wasn't it? Yeah. And it looked like a, an interesting event. And I'm, I, I'm sorry I missed it because, you know, I, I would have liked to have been there. I missed you in person and I missed you on the live stream there as well. Oh, well, I'm, I don't mind. I, I hate, I hate, I hate, hate, hate public speaking. And I, I hate the fact that I know people are listening and watching and I don't know if I'll ever get comfortable with it. Does this pass? I think to a certain extent it does. Yeah. Um, I think you just get, used to it like exercise (laughs) like you just get your body just becomes acclimatized to it you were talking about bringing creativity into a non-creative industry that was your talk title yeah craig all gave us a, a specific title to work with which was great because we had two just over two weeks to you know write our talks to research our talks to if you rehearse your talk some speakers don't do that but we had just over two weeks to pull the whole thing off. So I was really grateful that he gave me a specific topic because then that took out the whole, oh, what should I speak about uh, dilemma? And <clears throat> that was a good topic for me to speak about because I work in insurance. It isn't really a creative industry. And um, and then me being such a tiny business, just one person and my budget being so small, it was it was great to speak about the kind of creative ways that I've got around bringing, um, you know, marketing my business. And I do know that, you know, well, you know this because you live in Wales. Wales has a massive insurance scene, doesn't it? Does it? Yeah, that's where Go compares from. Admiral, Confused.com, all of them are there. And then you've got a bunch of smaller insurers too. So I did not know that. Yeah, it was a weird, for me, it was difficult because I, I didn't know who I was speaking to. I knew that there would be government officials in the audience, so no swearing. I knew that there would be insurance people in the audience, so no making fun of the comparison websites like I normally do. And then I knew <laughs> that there would be freelance designers and whatnot. So it was such a, it was, it was such a strange, uh, well, such a varied audience. Um, but yeah, bringing creativity to a non-creative industry. I enjoyed talking about it. I just didn't enjoy the actual delivery because i hate that all the time i thought what was interesting not just the the topic but the fact that you'd actually agreed to speak again because you know i know you haven't done it or you haven't enjoyed it much in the past no I i don't think i'll ever enjoy it but the reason that i do it is because i do think it's really important to edge yourself out of your comfort zone and do things that scare you I think it's important to be scared. I want to talk about that a bit later on. All right. I want to talk about hitting my plateau, which I've hit. Yeah. I think you also, you thought that it was good to promote the business too. I do think it is. Um, I'm not going to lie. I think it's quite effective. I have had, like even the day before I spoke at the conference, somebody came to me for a quote and said, I'm going to see you tomorrow and I want an insurance quote. So it's great for getting the the name out there and um but I, I don't know if you saw my blog post where I'd written about how guilty I felt for feeling that way because in the past when people approach you to speak my immediate thoughts were yeah because I'm getting paid to promote my business like what could be better than that but I feel really guilty about that and I've kind of flipped my way of thinking and now I'm thinking well how can I provide value for the audience as opposed to thinking about how can I promote my business But I was going to talk to you about that because I think it's really interesting. Nobody likes to sit there in an audience and listen to a sales pitch. No. I think that that's one of the worst things that you can do as a speaker. We've all sat through conferences where maybe even the sponsors have got their own slot. You know, like I know that future ofs used to do this. I don't know whether they still do where actually a sponsor would get like a 10 minute spot on stage. And those things are just like kiss death to the energy in the room. I mean, everybody hates them. 
And also I've been to conferences where let's say an agency speaker just stands up and talks about the work that they've done. And it's like, well, we did this huge job for Mercedes or somebody. I don't know why Mercedes came to mind. <laughs> have you got a Merc? No, have a many. You know this. You're weird. Nobody likes to sort of sit and listen to that, but you're not doing that necessarily. And I think that I've listened to a lot of speakers over the years that talk about a subject. I'm thinking about, you know, Luke Rabluski, for example. And he gets up there and does this amazing talk about mobile design and then becomes the guy that people hire for consultancy about, you know, mobile design. Yeah. And Nicole Sullivan talks about object-oriented oriented CSS. <laughs> and all of a sudden she's the lady that's you know, hired as a consultant to go into places and talk about, you know, CSS efficiency. Harry Roberts is the same. So I think that it's okay to think about using it to promote your business. In fact, you know, we all know that we don't get paid very much for speaking. It's, you know, got to get maybe some benefit out of it other ways. So as long as you're not standing up there and going, well, we sell the best insurance and, you know, making a really cheesy sales pitch. Gosh, I think that's no. okay. Yeah. I think that's okay. Yeah, it's always going to be a natural, I mean, any speaker will stand up there and speak about their own experiences because that's all you have to base your examples off of, basically. So it is a natural byproduct that you're going to be promoting your business. But I definitely try to flip it around and turn it back in the audience. Like, what can you guys do if you're working in a traditional industry to, you know, solve any frustrations that you have, try to involve the audience a bit more. And obviously this was practical takeaways. So we had to be a bit more practical about it, but it was, it was a great event. It was just a, a bit of a shame with the way things worked out. Mm. So I want to talk about promoting businesses and maybe advertising a wee bit later, but can we do a sponsor? Yeah, I'm excited. You know, these guys, this is gather content. So gather content helps people who build websites to work with their clients to plan, organize and collaborate on web content. So I bet everyone who's ever made a website for a client or for their company, you'll know that when I say that planning, gathering, organizing and collaborating on content, it's one of the trickiest parts of any project. You know, people email you content in Word or Excel. Oh, every time I see an attachment that's got dot, dot, X on it, it's like my heart sinks. Maybe even PowerPoint documents. You, know, you can't blame people for that because those are the applications that normal people use every day. But then we have to trawl through what's often multiple documents and cut and paste what's useful out of them. And then you've got to keep track of everything. People send you the same file twice just in case and you've got to store them. You know, my Dropboxes end, end up overflowing with client content. And then there's finding a way to collaborate over changes. You know, I often edit client copy for them because you know, it's mostly terrible, but because I'm also really picky about the content that goes into the things that I design. So then I've got to tell them what I've changed and oh, all of this can just take longer than designing the website. So working with content can be a nightmare, but that's where gather content comes in. It's a web application that helps you keep all your content in one place. You can collaborate with clients on changes and get approval when you need it with gather contents, reminders and due dates and gather content breaks content down to help you guide your clients and copywriters through what needs to be written. And then when you're done, just export that approved content directly into one of the CMSs with their plugins and uh, API. They've set up a special page just for listeners to the show. It's unfinished.bz slash gather content. And even better, if you sign up through that page and you use the offer code unfinished, you'll get, wait for it, 20% off your subscription to gather content forever. Wow, that's generous. That's an amazing deal. And that's gather content. So you know those guys, James Deere. Yeah, they. I think they started off in Aberdeen. I might be wrong. And then moved to London. Pretty sure that's the way it happened. They're a great supporter of the show. You said something on Twitter yesterday about speaking. You said, I never enjoy any aspect of it. The preparing, the delivery. You make it sound like a pizza. Oh, yeah. I hate it all. I do it because it's important to push yourself. Can we talk about pushing yourself for a bit? Because I've, I really feel like I've 
reached a bit of a plateau at the moment. So are you talking about a plateau in terms of your weight loss that you've been documenting? That and my training, yes. But also I've been feeling that way with work to a certain extent as well. So as far as the weight loss goes, I think I've done really well. I mean, I was looking this time last year, I was 14 stone seven, which Ooh, is a lot. 14 stone seven. Which was a lot. Are you trying to work out how many pounds that is? I'm just trying to think about how much heavier you are than me, but that's probably not the best thing to do. No, because I'm also a lot taller than you. Yeah. Not that people listening to this are going to know that because, you know, it's radio. It's not the BBC, but anyway, you know what I mean? Should be. Nah, it's never going to be as good as anything on the BBC. Right, so what I think are I've you done now? quite well. I've, well, I'm now 13.3. So in a yeah. year, I've lost a stone and a half, which is uh, 14, 19 pounds or more than 19 pounds, 20 pounds, something like that. Who it's knows a lot. How many pounds it, is? it is quite a lot. And I've done that obviously just through diet and a little bit of exercise. But for the last month, I would say, even though I've kind of kept the exercise up to the same levels as before, you know, I haven't lost anything. I've stuck at 13.3, which my, I told myself that if I was going to, I would shave my beard off when I get to 13 stone. Oh, you have to get to 13 stone. But this is what I told myself. I think I'm going to have to take the beard off before then anyway. Because I don't want to go on holiday with the beard this year. I want to, I'm going to leave the beard behind. Okay. I've got to do it before just to give my, my skin a little bit of a, my face a little bit of a chance to adapt because otherwise, can you imagine me taking it off now if I've got a little bit of a suntan and I just end up with like a big stripy face? Oh, it'd be so weird. It would be really weird. It'll be weird to see you without a beard again. Ah, well, you know, that's the goal that I set myself was this kind of 13. So, and I haven't reached it, not through lack of trying. You know, I think actually I've kind of upped my exercise a bit. You know, I started going to the gym a lot more. I started running a little bit, which I really don't enjoy that much. And the swimming suffered a little bit. You know, the morning swims have kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. Maybe it was because I set the wrong metric. Maybe it was because I set the actual weight on weight loss as the metric that now that I'm not continuing to lose, maybe that's, you know, that's a problem. But also your body adapts to, your body gets used to what you're doing. So if you're consistently, if you're consistently doing whatever it is, five swims a week and eating the same food, your body's going to get used to that. I think that, and I'm no expert at all, but I think that to provoke further weight loss, you have to shock. You have to shock your body and do something different. Like if you're swimming all the time, maybe, um, start playing squash oh my god let's play squash oh god are you trying to kill me i would love to try squash i don't think i've ever played squash me either but you have to shock your body and also i think that with diet it starts to boil down to one when you hit your plateau suddenly it becomes about making the smallest of changes things like not having milk in your coffee or butter on your toast like insane things like that but that's just no not fun isn't it not i think the other thing is that i got really good i thought anyway i thought i'd really achieved something with the swimming and i was getting up five days a week swimming 15 1600 meters which is a mile and i was getting the time down you know the time came down from just under like an hour when i first started because you know i hadn't swum for 30 years mm-hmm and I got it down from just under an hour down to uh, knocking on about sort of 40 minutes, something like that. So I knocked 20 minutes off the time, which I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, and some days I'd be doing a mile and a half and I was feeling quite good about it. And I could sort of change the strokes as well. I could do backstroke and, and, and freestyle. And, you know, I was actually okay. And I, when I started going, you know, I was like the fat bloke in the room. And now I'm not the fat bloke in the room. Has anybody made a comment Anybody who's a regular at the swimming pool, have they made a comment on your weight loss? No, no, Aww. because they're all old. They don't even notice. They probably don't notice. It's quite funny. There's usually... They're probably blind. <laughs> there was, I think I've told this story before, but there was um, a guy came up to me at the pool and he said, I know your wife. I was like, yes. <laughs> anyway, because I said, I'm ever so sorry, I should have come up and said hello before. And I'm like, oh, okay. How do you, how do you know her? And, uh, she says, well, she works in the chemist in Abigail. And I'm like, no, that's not my wife. 
<laughs> not, unless she's, not unless she's moonlighting. And it was quite funny, actually, because the uh, then he turned around to all of the other old folk that go swimming in the morning, as if to say, you're wrong. And then he said, yes, it's because all the ladies over there, they told me. And you can just imagine them sort of, because uh, they, they swim for two lengths or something, and then, like, have a conversation for 20 yeah. minutes, and then swim for another two lengths. You can just imagine them all having this conversation going, oh, and you see that fellow over there? His wife, she works in the ke- in the chemist in Abigail. <laughs> just imagine. That's so true. Which is not me. <laughs> That's funny. I wonder why they thought it was you. But I do think you're going to need to um, do something like, well, you started running, so that really gets your heart rate up. And that's what burns the fat, isn't it? So you've just got to that stubborn point where your body's being stubborn. The thing is, well, though, is that, I mean, maybe it's because I've I let it slip over the last couple of weeks or something. Maybe it's because I haven't had the energy. But even that started to slip a little bit. I mean, I went swimming last Saturday, so I haven't been for a whole week. And, oh, God, I couldn't even manage a half mile. I was, like, so tired. I just felt that my my attainment has been dropping from where it was. You know, I built it up, and now it's dropping again. And it makes me feel bad when I can't do the same stuff. You know, it makes me feel as if I'm going backwards. And I've been feeling really kind of, you know, really mardy about that, to be honest. Mardy? Yeah. What does that mean? Mardy. Just miserable, grumpy. I like that word. Mardy. Yeah, don't forget we have to have the Ashley Baxter's Scottish slang word of the week a little later. Oh, okay. Well, I've got some ideas if you don't. So I think that that's been part of it. Yep. So you've kind of fallen out of the habit. Well, a, a little bit over the last couple of weeks because I have been working in Manchester for a few days a week and that cuts into the you know, the, the time that I can go. You should jog to work from Wales to Manchester. Yeah, to, to Manchester, yeah, because that's going to work. So I just, I don't know, how do you maintain it? How do you, how do you get to a certain level and then when you don't do as well again, how do you feel that, that you're not going backwards? I feel like a fraud talking about this because have you seen me recently? Not in person. I feel like I've fallen out of my habit in exercising too. And I feel pretty disgusted with myself right now about the way that I look, the way that I feel. So I feel a bit of a fraud trying to give you advice about how to get back into it and how to how to lose weight and all of this stuff. But I do have a very good friend who is, he has an insane body. He's in the gym twice a day, five days, uh, six days a week, twice a day. And then he works a normal nine to five too. So he's, you know, up in the morning at six and going to the gym and then finishing work and going to the gym. And, and it shows he has proper men's health cover body type of thing. I think he listens to this show. So I'm not coming on to you if you're listening, but I think that again, what I said for him, yeah, he sometimes you can definitely sense that he's hit a plateau in that, but it just boils down to making the smallest of changes. But that's the problem because don't, do you want it to become something that your whole lifestyle is revolving around or don't you just can't, can you not be happy with the weight that you've lost and now that you have hit this, obviously this comfortable weight is the weight that your body's comfortable with, 13 stone, 3 pounds, did you say? Yeah. Can you not just be happy about that? Or Because if you go swimming every day for the rest of your life, it's not like you're going to consistently drop a stone every two months. No. Okay, so it comes down to a couple of things with me. It comes down to thinking that I'm doing well at something. I need to know that I'm doing something well. And I need to know that I am, you know, consistently achieving the right. And it's just, I just need to know that I'm doing it right. You know, it's important to me that I do something correctly. You know, I don't like to do things half-assed. You know, if I want to do something, I want to do them properly. So that's, that's one thing. And then the other thing, and I think this is something I'm learning about myself, is that it's about control. And I think that a lot of people feel in the same way about different things. I think this is where, uh, why people get eating disorders, for example, you know, because it's, they, they, they focus in on that one thing, on that, on the control of food. It's something that they can control. And I'm not getting obsessive over food and I'm not getting obsessive over exercise, but to a certain extent, it's something that I can control. It's something that I feel that I am in control of. 
and you know i can make myself be fitter and look better and everything else and it's it's i think it's a good thing because i've I've found something that you know i want to do and i've kind of latched onto and that's a good thing Mm -hmm. um and then when you feel out of control then that's even worse that that you feel like you're going backwards yeah but do you have to like you said you've been measuring it you're, it's kind of like a metric weight loss, but what about, can you not measure your progress by your self-esteem and how you feel about yourself? Because you're, you're going to feel so much, you feel so much better about yourself already, don't you? Yeah, no, I do. And I look better. I definitely look better. I can get back in that Paul Smith suit again for the first time in ages without actually stretching. It was a bit of a push at handheld. You know, I wore that suit at handheld. Yeah. It was it was touch and go as to whether those trousers were going to stay on, to be wow. honest. Wow. They were pretty tight. The button was bursting. <laughs> Have you had a message of congratulations from your competitor Paul? Uh yes, and I yeah, I think Paul's capitulated in the in the weight loss challenge too because he's been in America on holiday and you know eating. Oh. Yeah, pie. and you know what their portions are like? Oh, no, he's going to come back monster. Well, I have got um you know Rab yeah. Rab Ritchie. So he has recommended the insanity workout. So I've got that. I'm going to start that on Monday. I'm well, so scared. That's great. We can, we should talk about that in a month and find out how you're getting on. Yeah, because I am going to stick to it. I saw pictures of myself from when I was on stage at Practical Takeaways and I looked like a whale with red hair. No, to be silly. I did, Andy. But anyway, which is kind of funny. Well, my big news is that I'm going to get a trainer. Oh, great. Somebody's been recommended to me, and I think this is what I need to help me get out of this plateau. They, and I think they'll give you a lot of the variety that you need, you need to stay interested. Well, this is one of the things. So I talk about not, I talk about wanting to do things properly. With the swimming, you know, I've learned a lot myself and I've been focusing on technique and I think I've done quite well with that. But when it comes to the gym stuff, you know, I went to the local leisure center gym and it's great. You know, they've got some good stuff and it's, 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 it's what I need. But they gave me a sort of a rough program, which is a little more than just here's how to use some machines, but there isn't a structured program. You know, I haven't got something where, you know, one day I'm working on arms and one day I'm working on core and one day I'm working on back or whatever. You know, I don't have that. And that's something that I really think that I need to have somebody tell me how to do it properly. So I don't know how this is going to work out yet, but it's funny, Liam, the the guy that I'm going to use, he sent me through some kind of preliminary uh, documents the other day because he said, I'm going to work out a plan for you, but I need to know, you know, what you're doing now both in terms of diet and exercise. Mm. So he sent me through this thing. He said, this is not what I'm recommending, but, you know, just tell me how close you are to this. Oh, my God, I nearly fell off my chair. Oh, why? Because there's, t- there's two documents. I've got them here. One is, um, is it in, it, the title of the document frightens me. It's shock shred training. Oh, wow. Yeah, you've got to shock your body. So... Anyway, day one back exercises, day two chest, day three legs, day three shoulders, day five, uh, four, I'm getting out of my, out of order, day five arms, day six abs and calves. And, you know, with each thing there, you've got like, uh, three sets of 20 reps, you know, standing calf raises and, you know, cable crunches, all these things that I have no idea what they, what they are. But that's the kind of thing that I need, whether or not it's something exactly like this. But I need to know that I'm going to go and I'm going to do a certain thing because I like the routine. You know, I like going and doing, you know, a certain thing when I know that I should be doing it. Yeah, I think this will be really good for you. Have you agreed to a minimum contract? Like, is it going to be a minimum of three months or what? Don't know yet. He's going to be sending me a a proper uh, proposal over the weekend with a with a program that he thinks is going to be, you know, tailored to me. When do you start? Well, not sure yet, but I think it's going to be in the next week or so. Oh, that's exciting. But he also sent me through, this is the weirdest one. He sent me through, uh, shocking shred nutrition. So there's a, there's an exercise one and then there's a nutrition document. And, you know, I actually eat really healthily. I don't, you know, I don't sit and scoff topics all day long. Mmm, what about that addiction to fiery iron brew? Okay, well, there is that. And, you know, we Rab that we just mentioned has a 
tendency to bring me uh, Bar's Red Cola whenever I see him, which is a nice thing to do. But I don't drink a lot of sugary pop, you know, that's, that's not something that I have. But anyway, just looking at this diet plan here, um, morning supplements, caffeine, 300 milligrams, green tea extract, green tea. This is like, this is stimulant stuff, isn't it? Yes. But I don't do caffeine. I have decaf. Oh, so you do. I'm a Wendy. So that's not going to help me. So he, wait, he's saying avoid that stuff. No, no, no. no he's this saying is, drink it, green tea, yeah. Yeah, green tea extract. Breakfast, protein shake, three whole eggs or egg whites, um, oatmeal, late morning snack, reduced fat Greek yogurt, bleh, mm. um, crushed walnuts, late morning supplements, more caffeine, dinner, tuna and salad, basically, uh, midday snack, more nuts, pre-workout supplements. This is the one that got me. Caffeine, green tea extract creatine what's that oh yeah my friend takes that and i think it i might be wrong but i think it it helps something like oh my god this is where it gets scientific about how it affects so i think it makes your you less sore the next day right i think beta alanine and bcaa's so that's presumably wow. what, what you take before you do your workout to get you all kind of pumped up. And then post-workout, a recovery shake, and more BCAAs, more creatine, more glutamine. Wow. This sounds like a bodybuilder, though. I don't want to turn into a bodybuilder. No, you you won't turn into a bodybuilder. I mean, I want to be like Thor, but... Well, know. then, isn't he quite big and bulky? <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't have green tea extract. I, d- I want to try that. Tea, it says here, sirloin steak, sweet potato, yeah. Um, salad, bits and pieces. You don't like sweet potato? I don't like sweet potato. I think this sounds like a really great diet, apart from all of the crazy things that I don't know about. Fish oil. Ooh. CLAs, whatever they are. And then nighttime snack, I love this, nighttime snack, cottage cheese. If there is something in the world that I despise... More. It's, it can't be cottage. It's cottage cheese. I can't have cottage cheese. That's cottage so cheese tasty. is like, it's just the devil's. And you can put pineapple design. in it. That's it. It says here sliced pineapple with your cottage cheese. Yeah. More fish oil and more CLA. So I, this sounds like a, a bodybuilder's, um, a bodybuilder's diet, but hopefully he's going to come back with something which is a little bit more, um, a little bit more me. And a little less Schwarzenegger. Well, it's all just really high protein stuff, isn't it? I think that's but the idea. You'll like your protein shakes. I've got banana, I've got strawberry, I've got vanilla. They are so tasty. Well, you need to get back on the wagon. Maybe I can encourage you like you've encouraged me. Yeah, yeah. If you message me on Monday and say, you better have done your insanity workout today and do that every day, you can be my accountability partner and I'll okay. be yours. Okay, I'll do that. All right. So let me say thanks to our second sponsor. And it's a new one, and it's from Up Your Way. What's that? Woohoo. I'll tell you in a minute. This should give you time to think of, guess what, though? Ashley Baxter's Scottish slang word of the week. Right. Get your, get your thinking cap on. Right. That should have its own Twitter account, really. Oh, it should do. You know what's going to happen? Somebody's going to set that up before the end of the show. With one million followers. Let me do the sponsor read. Our next sponsor this week is Simply Fix It. And they repair iPhones and iPads. Oh, sorry. I thought you said they were called up your way. (laughs) (laughs) No, doofus. I understand it now. (laughs) Oh, dude, I can use one of my Scottish slang words. Go for it. Dunderheed. What? I'm, I'm calling you a dunderheed. don't even know what that is. Dund- I mean, I think it means idiot. All right. Anyway, the sponsor. Different oh, yes. Back to, back to the sponsors. Yeah. So we've all been there. We've all dropped our iPhone at some point and then prayed that it won't crack or smash when it hits the ground. Designer Sue, she dropped her iPhone this week. It's cracked glass. Oh, God. Ouch. Alex. Bless him. He opened the kitchen cupboard when he was still in Leicester and a hip flask fell out and smashed his iPad. Oh, no. So what are the options when this shit happens? Well, 
you might order a DIY repair kit or you might go to the nearest Apple store or your local phone shop. Those, those places are weird. They always feel like the cantina from Star Wars. So these sort of strange alien creatures that inhabit local mobile phone shops. Anyway, I don't think I'm going to trust myself with a DIY kit. Plus, it's just not the best use of my time fiddling with this stuff. Apple, they'll likely expect that you just buy a new device, although they'll trade in your damaged one, which is what happened with Alex. But it still works out a costly repair. Another option is to use Simply Fix It. And they'll simply take your broken iPhone and iPad, fix it, and then get it back to you as quickly as possible and without the hassle. Now, they're based up your way in Edinburgh. Yay! But that doesn't stop them from fixing iPhones and iPads from all over the UK. In fact, they fixed Laura Cowbag's iPhone in June, and it went all the way from Brighton to Edinburgh and back again in under 48 hours. Wow, that's impressive. So Simply Fix It are a really good choice for iPhone and iPad repairs. And I know that from experience because they fixed Alex's first iPad. He had a sticky um, home button. just wouldn't, wouldn't come back up again. And they fixed it for him. They also offer fabulous warranty options for customers in the UK. So for just £10, you can upgrade their standard warranty to cover accidental damage. That means that no matter how it happens... If your iPhone screen breaks, they'll fix it for free. And even better than that, listeners to this show get 10% off any iPhone or iPad repair, plus a free upgrade from the standard warranty to three months accidental cover too. So go to unfinished.bz slash simply fix it and quote the off code unfinished. I like the sound of them. Something different. I have a broken iPhone 4S, so I'm I'm going to send that to them because I love a wee Scottish business, I do. No, and I think it's really important to support small local businesses too. I 100% agree. So <laughs> what's it going to be? Well, I think that I'm going to move away from my potentially offensive insults insulting words and I'm just going to use a word that describes the kind of day that we're having here in Scotland it's a bit of a dreeked day do you use that word in Wales? No I've never heard that in all my days oh that surprises me because it's quite a popular one in Scotland obviously because the weather's always bad say that again dreeked and how would you be spelling that? I would say d-r-e-e-c-h-t dreeked yeah and it just means a bit damp and wet and miserable. Like our weather. Aye. Except that it's not been like that recently. It's been beautiful in Wales. That's a good word. That's much better than the word, the backup word that I had. Right, what was that? Twally. I don't even know. What twally? <laughs> is that like, is that, is that like an idiot as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All my words are, all my words are idiots. It does sound like it would mean that. Dunderheed. So that's actually, I think your word is the first word that we've had, which isn't actually a potential insult to people. I know, but the insult words are fun. Yeah, they are. They're the best. Yeah. You, you bam pop. <laughs> did you, did, did, were you, were you offended when, um, Rab and I found your doppelganger? No, I wasn't offended at all. I thought it was hilarious. Okay. But, um, but he did look about 65. Well, I was just so shocked when we were up at the bar and Rab is like, I can't remember what he said. He was like, I didn't know Andy was here or something like that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he pointed at that guy and my jaw hit the floor. He just looked so much like you. Well, not for much longer. Not for no. much longer. I'm going to lose about 10 years next Tuesday. Oh, I can't wait to see what it looks like. I'll have to do before and after photos. Definitely. So let's get back to advertising a little bit and talking about promoting a business because, you know, that's that's what the show's supposed to be about. Did you know that? Yeah. It's supposed to be about business. Yeah. Actually, funny enough, we were talking the other day in the, in the studio about redoing the Unfinished Business website and we were talking about what the show is now and stuff and how it might have changed a little bit and how, you know, the tagline has always been, you know, we have unfinished business. As if that's, as if the business part of it is like literally business. 
But actually, I think it's changed so much now that it's just when we talk to people, there's this unfinished business now means that there's still stuff left to talk about. Yes. And it's much wider. So that's probably just going forward anyway. If people are, are thinking to themselves, when will they get back to talking about contracts and payments and all that kind of stuff? Um, you know, maybe one day, but not anytime soon. Well, the, it will be when Laura and I take it over. Anyway, advertising. Let's talk about ads because you, what do you call them? Dirty, filthy paid ads. That's yeah, what you call them. they're not very effective, Andy. So you did something interesting. It was an interesting experiment, which was you paid wow, that's massive $99 mm-hmm. for a sponsored tweet and then wrote about how it performed. Yeah, I did a few wee experiments that bought a recurring ad on a, on a website, you know, like the wee uh, sidebar blocks that you get. Bought one of those, which to this day still hasn't had attracted even one click through because I think people are just totally immune to them. And also my ad was probably crap. And I did a sponsored tweet. Um, where I paid $99, which I think was it 50, that comes down to about 56, 58 pounds, I think. Roughly. Something like that. And that was okay. I'm, I mean, difficult because I targeted, um, an account, Web Design Ledger. Have you heard of them? No. So I think they've got about, um, 140,000 followers or something like that. And obviously very design orientated. And that's, I, we have a policy for web designers. So I thought I'll just give this a shot and see how it pans out. Um, and it, you know, it attracted a bit of retweets and favorites, which I was surprised about because it's insurance. But obviously I think it's something that not a lot of web designers think about. So it must have caught their eye and thought I'll favorite that and come back to that later type of thing. It sent about 111 people to my website. And, and like I said in my blog post, if I do convert one of those, then yes, I will make the money back. But I just think at the end of the day, the podcast that I do and, and speaking to you here now and public speaking, all of that stuff is far more effective than buying a sponsor tweet or paying for an ad, isn't it? Wind it back a minute. You picked, what did you call them, web design ledger? Yeah. So why would you pick something like that over something like Smashing magazine? Because, I mean, I don't know how this stuff works. Did you have a choice? You could yeah. pick Smashing? Yeah, but that would cost me a fortune because they have they have an even bigger following. So you pay more based on the following, do you? Is that how it works? That's how it works, yeah. And I, I had a tiny budget and I thought, well, 140,000 followers, they had a big following in the in the UK because obviously that's who I target. And you can check and see where their followers are based using Follower Wonk. And, um, and so that was quite an affordable thing, £58. It was just a wee experiment. I'm, I can't remember off the top of my head. I did have a look at Smashing Magazine, but that was... A lot more expensive. But then you can use Twitter ads as well, which not a lot of people have really caught on to yet. You can get really specific there and say, I want to target Smashing Magazine's followers who live in the UK and who state that they do web design in their bio. And that cost me less than a pound per impression. So that was, that's something that I want to experiment a bit more with because you can get really specific there and it doesn't break the bank because you can obviously limit it and say, I only want to spend 20 pounds today or 50 pounds today um, and target their followers. I'm ignorant about how these things work. Um, so that mean that you could, you could spend 57 P and put an ad in my timeline. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So how it works. Wow. Pretty much. But I think, uh, uh, you know, the the more money you have, the more eyeballs see you, basically. I mean, they, they called me, um, Twitter ads called me because they said that they, they thought that my ads could be better and they had some suggestions. So they've sent me a big email with how to improve things. Um, and I'm going to be doing a bit more on that and then experimenting and writing about it. So... I'm just learning, but yeah, it's, it's the same as Google ads. You basically just, you're bidding for a spot in somebody's timeline. I use the Twitter app on my, on my Mac and I don't think you see ads on that at all. But when you use it on your mobile, you see ads. Have you noticed that? No, because I use Tweetbot on everything. 
Oh, I don't know about Tweetbot. So you don't see any ads in Tweetbot? I don't think I've ever seen an ad. But then yeah. I only I only follow 50 people. I don't and, think that matters, though. And I don't follow any of the big brands, if you like. You know, I don't actually follow Smashing Magazine. So I wouldn't see an ad that was in their timeline, obviously. But another, um, well, I mean, if you're not, so basically a really good example of somebody who's been quite successful with it is, you know, the makeshift guys, they do, they do hiremyfriend.io. Surely you've seen Hire My Friend. Oh, no, I haven't. you haven't seen that. I'm well, Googling it now. Yeah, because I think I really like that idea. It's basically for you to put the feelers out and say you're looking for a job, but it's all anonymous so that your boss doesn't see that you're doing it type of thing. Right. And they've been using Twitter ads and they've been using it really successfully. They're a lot better at it than I am. But yeah, everybody who has used Twitter ads has said it has been really successful for them. So I'm going to stick at it and experiment a bit. And obviously it's quite affordable. Well, I think people would find it really interesting to, you know, not just know more about how this works in general. Because, I mean, you know, if I'm putting on a workshop, for example, which is, you know, something that we might be doing in the, the new year, you know, is that a, an affordable and an effective advertising method for me? I would say 100%, yeah. Because I'm thinking about, you know, one of the reasons why we often partner with other people, you know, we partner with Smashing Magazine a lot of the time. I've done a lot of workshops with them now. I've done a lot of workshops with John and Maxine in Australia. Is, you know, we get more exposure. You know, effectively you're saying, um, well, okay, I'm going to give up, you know, a good percentage of my revenue because I know that they're going to help me sell tickets as well as other things. But I've never really thought about advertising because the most promotion that we've ever done for anything, you know, even, even hard-boiled, and certainly workshops and events like that is just through my own Twitter account, you know, and I'm, I'm not massively followed, so... Yes, you are. No, not really, not in comparison to a lot of other people. Well, but then you can compare those people to other people and then they're not massively followed. I'm not comparing myself to Brad Paisley, but... He's a country singer. All right. I, was, I wasn't even going to ask who it was. Just, I don't know why he came to mind, actually. Casey Musgraves. She was playing. I nearly came to Glasgow a couple of weeks ago because she was playing at Glasgow. And the Hydro? Yeah, I don't know. Might have really been the O2. Have you got an O2 in Glasgow? Yeah. Anyway, I think she was playing there. But she's only doing like four dates in the UK, including Glastonbury. And we saw her in Manchester and she was ace and we wanted to see her again. And, uh, and the, Best one, I think, was Glasgow, but anyway, we didn't get a chance to come up. That sucks, because Glasgow's great. It's so different as well, to, to this area with the STV offices, so different to what you'd remember. No, I need to come up again. I need to do, I do need to come up again. So just this ad, um, the Twitter ads thing, it just seems like a, like a, a good thing for me to experiment with. So keep, keep experimenting and keep writing. I will do. You've also been doing promotion through the podcast, through the one that you do with that other fella. Yeah, a wee bit of speaking, do a wee bit of blogging about it, and all of that stuff is enough to... I, I mean, I'm happy with the traffic I'm getting com in comparison to what I was getting with Brokers Direct, my last business. So this new business insurance by Jack, which is business insurance. I'm really happy with the way things are progressing. And also, I don't know if you've seen the kind of case studies that I do where I photograph businesses and kind of behind the scenes and I talk to them about what they do and then I sell people. So a business of this nature would need public liability insurance because blah, blah, blah. So I kind of apply this really mundane topic of business insurance to this applicable real life situation that I think my target audience can relate to because I try to um, do case studies on designers and photographers and, you know, that kind of creative audience. So that's, I mean, and it's difficult because I, I know um, when I was in Cardiff, I found out that, you know, go compare and confuse.com, these guys, they are spending £1 million a month on Google AdWords alone. £1 million. That's insane. A million pounds. Wow. A month. I mean, I just funny enough, because I was just incredibly lazy. And while you were just talking there, I typed in insurance by Jack into Google just to see. And believe it or not, just above you in the sponsored ad slot is Go Compare. Oh, guys. I did a search for insurance by Jack. It wasn't just a, you know, 
wasn't just a general term. It was like literally insurance by Jack and, and they come top. Yeah. They're, you come second. They're, they're spending a fortune and obviously I can't compete with that even slightly. I can't make a dent in any of their campaigns at all. So I have to think of other ways to put my business in front of people's eyeballs without making myself go bankrupt. And that was part of what my talk was about in practical weight takeaways because um I started to look at other kind of traditional industries where there's a very dominant few businesses that everybody thinks of. And I think you you saw it because you did tweet about Harry's yesterday. I don't know if that was because you saw my blog post about it. Yeah, no? it was. Yeah, it was. Exactly. And that Dollar Shave Club who made that video on a budget of £2,600, which is nothing compared to what Gillette will probably spend on their TV campaigns and whatnot. And that video has attracted 15 million views and it attracted 12,000 new customers within the first 48 hours alone. So I think that what I think is a problem with these big businesses is that they're not forced to get creative with their marketing because they have that monstrous budget. So they're just doing the same things over. They've got their TV campaigns. They've got their Google AdWords. But if you take that budget away, you have to start getting a bit more creative about it, don't you? And mm. for anybody who hasn't seen that Dollar Shave Club video, you have to watch it because it, it's hilarious. I demoed it, demoed it, played it at the talk I did and it had everybody in hysterics. There's so much personality. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard when you, I mean, do you have any advice for me as a small business competing in a massive market? Is there anything you should, you, you're thinking, Ashley, you should be doing this? Well, not, nothing that we've done. I mean, I can't really speak from experience, I suppose, except thinking about knowing your audience. I mean, you've done well so far in thinking, well, well I'm going to go after a particular audience. I'm going to go a particular customer group. I'm going to target, for example, web professionals, you know, and small business web professionals because, you know, they need insurance. Um, and you're not casting your net kind of overly wide. And I think if you're being focused like that and you know where web professionals are hanging out to use a weird term, what mm. they're listening to, what they're reading, etc., and you're going there, then I think that you can still make a very, very good living. You can still make a really good business without, you know, without taking on the large, the large companies. Yeah. And as, it's similar in a way, I think, to the whole kind of go, do you go with a main publisher for a book or do you self-publish or do you go for a small publisher? And it, it all comes down to a, a matter of, you know, returns. And, you know, if, we sold a hell of a lot less copies of Hardboiled than we'd done with the previous book, but I made a lot more money um, because, you know, we were, we were controlling the process for one thing, but also we knew where those people were. You know, we, if, if, if we could sell a copy of Hardboiled to just, you know, half of the people that follow me on Twitter, not about anybody else, you know, half of those people, we'd, we'd, we'd have done, you know, a bloody good job. In fact, we sold one to every fourth person, something like that. That's great. Um, which was not bad, you know, not, not bad at all, I think in total. Um, and you know, we, we, we did very well out of it. So I think you're doing the right thing. I would, I would still think about, you know, doing what you're doing. I love the, the case studies because it, it does help people to identify as that's me. I'm just like that. Oh, and if he needs that sort of insurance, then maybe I should think about professional indemnity. Mm. You know, that kind of thing. But also, I mean, you know, just to sort of bring it back around, I suppose, things like podcast sponsorship. I mean, obviously not this show and, you know, not your own, but. Yeah, Rachel wrote a great post about that, didn't she? Obviously, they sponsor Unfinished a lot because it works for their business. You know, the people that listen to this show are the people that buy CMSs. Yeah. And I imagine that, you know, there are other podcasts that, you know, Obviously, people need insurance. So uh, I, that would be an interesting experiment too, I suppose, just sort of following in Rachel's footsteps and, and seeing how that goes. Yeah, the the only problem is, because um, I've looked into um, conference sponsorship too, and I'd imagine that similar to podcast sponsorship, they're just, they're, they're expensive. And it's scary because 
you just you wonder if that money could be better spent elsewhere. It's, it's hard, but yeah, I'm, I'm. But I have some exciting news. I'm actually going to. You know how um, I'm an intro. I'm an introducer as an, an insurer. I'm an introducer. I introduce people um, to an insurer. Well, I'm. I've, I've decided that I'm. I'm going out on my own, Andy. Like I'm going to write my own products. Wow. I'm going to get my qualifications. I'm going, I'm going at it. I'm ready to put the money, the financial investment into it and everything else. I'm ready. Okay. You know what that means? What? That means that you're leaving your plateau. Ah, does it? You see what I did there? Yeah. I thought, well done. Congratulations. Is that what you say? But yeah, what about your plateau with work? Uh, I think this holiday that we've got coming up is going to do me, um, a good thing. I think that, it's going to give me a little bit of quiet time just to reassess things, which I think is what we need. And I've been talking over the last couple of weeks about how I think finally I've reached the the point where we need to hire a developer now. Ooh. I don't think you've listened to the show yet uh, where I was talking with Brendan about meeting my friend Joe, who was my kind of inspirational person for the first time in a long time, and how just having a, you know an afternoon with him just left me coming away with you know, all kinds of ideas as to, you know, how I can improve things. And, you know, I want to start focusing much more on me personally doing something different within the business and not sitting there, you know, on a Sunday afternoon writing code because I'm catching up on, you know, what I should have done in the week. And uh, so I think that the holiday period is going to give me a bit of time to just just to re- reassess things going to say are you thinking about hiring a developer because your business is getting bigger no i think we're going to hire a developer because i want the business to get a little bit bigger but i also want to hire somebody because i want to be able to focus on certain things i want to be able to focus on for example writing content and doing talks and producing workshops and other sort of training materials that, you know, have been in mind for a long time. And the other thing is, is that I want to be out there actually trying to get our business onto a a slightly different level. You know, we've, we've done very well over the, over the last few years in terms of, you know, working with some really good people, but we never work at the top end. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was saying to, uh, to, to Brendan, you know, we, we work with SAP, the big software company, but we don't work on the main SAP website. Some other company does that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we have a lot of experience and a lot of skill and a lot of ideas. We could do that, but you know, how do you get to that stage? And you know, you get to that stage by building relationships and asking and selling and you know, being with people. And that's that's what I should be doing a lot more, and not you know, sitting in a room writing CSS. I mean, I'm done with that. Yeah, no, this sounds well. It sounds like you've got it all figured out then. Well, I haven't got it figured out. That's the thing, which is frustrating for me because like i said before i need to feel in control and i need to feel like i'm doing the right thing so it it's a bit of a i'm, I'm on sort of dodgy ground at the moment but i think the the holiday period because we'll be away for a month will really help me to um just figure a few things out and also i'm going to start planning some content i've got some talks i'm going to be giving later on in the year about creativity in general Ooh, i want to come and listen and also about a lot of the other themes that I've been talking about recently in terms of art direction and that potential dichotomy with user experience, that kind of thing, which is going to be my topic. So I want to sort of sketch out ideas about that. And I'm sure I'm going to come back, you know, buzzing with ideas. That's that's the intention anyway. So, you know, how I was kind of saying that doing speaking inadvertently promotes my business. Do you think because I am speaking to the kind of people who would buy insurance from me, but you, are you, oh, I suppose so, because you're an author. Never mind. I was, no, you know, I was I just going to ask, does that, does it promote your business? Because I can't imagine it promoting uh, stuff and nonsense in the way that. There's no doubt that speaking does help get business indirectly most often i mean we've been working for the last six weeks on a project with a company in manchester and i know for a fact that we got that job because a couple of the developers came along to a little talk that i did in manchester like a little free event that i did in manchester in february Oh, nice! and they came along they saw me there and you know they needed a designer to work on a project and they thought let's call andy so you know it does work 
Mm-hmm. But no, we've, we've always had two audiences. You know, we've always had the, you know, the client audience, which doesn't come to conferences. And then we've had the, the web professional audience, which, you know, does. And, you know, that's been the interesting kind of dichotomy. And that's where I think that, you know, I certainly want to focus my attention on, on trying to, trying to move us up again. I don't want to, I don't want to not talk to web designers because, you know, we've, we've done that for a long time. And I know that, you know, with training and, and books and videos and, and other stuff that I want to work on, that that's very much our, you know, our audience. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I want to be sort of shifting us up a gear really and seeing whether or not we can actually, you know, maybe even try and appeal to, to larger companies on larger projects. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to need to have some help with that. I'm going to need, I'm going to need somebody to, uh, to, to take over the technical stuff, which God we need because I'm terrible. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> well, I just think that obviously a lot of businesses should hit this point that you've hit when the, when, you know, the plateau, you get to that point. But the, the only way to really come through is to make that giant leap and investment into your business, which you're doing. Cause I think if you don't do that, it's all kind of downhill from there, isn't it? Well, I think that it's almost symbolic that I'm feeling the same way about the exercise as I am feeling about the business. And, you know, I don't want to be one of these people that just does the same thing all the time. No. Um, And yet at the same time, I know my limits, you know, I know what I can't learn and I know what it's not really relevant or necessary for me to learn. So, that's why I think of, you know, we're going to expand a little bit. That's exciting. So are you looking for somebody to work remotely or move into the, what do you call it? The cow shed or did I make that up? No, no, you didn't make that. That's what we've loosely called the studio for years. Um, I think that it's going to be a combination of both really. I think it's going to be predominantly remotely, but you know, if we need to, we'll move out of here. We'll get a small, a small office somewhere. So everybody can work together. I'm not, I'm not even ruling that out. You know, I've never really wanted to do that in the past, but you know, if we need to find some space, then we'll find some space so that everybody can work together. It's, uh, it's all up in the air. Yeah. Changes. We should wrap it up. Wrap it up. People can follow you, Ashley, on Twitter. You are. I am Ashley. Yes, you are. Or me at Malarkey. To ask questions or suggest topics, you can message this show on Twitter at unfinishedbz, or you can email me because people still do. He has at unfinished.bz. Thanks again to our sponsors this week. They were Gather Content and Simply Fix It. As always, you can support our show by supporting them. Yeah. Oh. Sorry about that. <laughs> Postman, it's the postman. I don't know what she's barking at. Hold on. Indy, come and see this biscuit I've got for you. I don't really have a biscuit for her. <laughs>